0: Divorce is expensive. Lawyer fees, court fees, accountant fees, moving costs, child support, alimony, bankruptcy, therapy. It's also emotionally expensive because the loss occurs on so many levels. In-laws, neighbors, friends, status, reputation. It takes such a toll. This is precisely the time you need someone who can help you, someone who has expertise and your best interest at heart. And I'm about to introduce you to that person. Mm I'm Lisa Duffy and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the journey of hope podcasts. My special guest today is a wonderful friend and someone I believe you will really be interested in knowing about Jamie Minster. Jamie's a certified divorce financial planner and she'll be speaking at the upcoming journey of hope conference, August 4th through the 6th, 2017. I recorded this podcast so you could hear for yourself the wisdom and the objectivity that Jamie brings to the table. She's helped hundreds of people regain control of their financial situations after divorce, but more importantly, she's helped them avoid costly mistakes. I hope you enjoy the conversation.
1: Okay. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be part of this podcast. I'm very excited to chat with you and to help the listeners get to know you as one of the speakers for the Journey of Hope conference. So where I wanted to start really was just kind of um, getting to know a little bit about what inspired you to become a certified divorce financial analyst and how has that opened your eyes to the difficulties divorced men and women face?
2: That's a great question.
1: I'll tell you, it began uh,
2: several years ago. I had been a financial advisor um, for many years, and I happened to have a couple of clients in a row who had just recently been divorced, and they had an equitable divorce, meaning that the assets were split fairly. The attorneys had done their job. They fought for their clients to get the halves that they wanted and the, the things that were important to them. But the reality was that they just were not prepared for their financial future after the divorce. Mm. Um, In one case, they had fought for the wrong things or they simply did not have a clear understanding of what they now owned Mm -hmm. and how best to move forward. Um, So I found that my clients were, were surprised and really shocked by the reality of their financial landscape after divorce. So I started to ask myself these questions, why does this happen? And I found that much of it was just due to lack of cash flow. Mm -hmm. And um, this is fueled by the fact that not all assets behave the same. And what that means is is that some assets have liquidity or are easy to access cash. And so those would be things like CDs or cash or... um, assets that you, stocks even, that you could sell and get the money immediately. Okay. Um, And some assets have penalties or taxes tied to them if they're accessed early. And a lot of assets are really at the mercy of the markets. So whether it's the stock or the bond or the real estate market, if you need access to your cash to fund your day-to-day living, And the stock market or the bond market or the real estate market is down, then you're selling at a loss. So I'm just going to give you a little example about that. So, if you, your half, in, in one situation, my client had received half of the assets, and her half was in retirement accounts. Okay. Which is fantastic if you don't need the money. Right. But she needed the money. So what that meant was not only was she going to pay taxes on that amount that she needed, but she was younger than 59 and a half, so she had to pay a 10% penalty. Oh. So the half that she received was truly not half any longer.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay.
2: And I really felt like there was an education that needed to happen for, while people were going through this process. Debts can be equally as complex with varying interest rates and tax implications, uh, and, you know, these unpleasant surprises can drag out over a really long time.
1: Mm. So,
2: you know, what I decided to do was educate myself on the divorce laws and, and how to be of service to these families during this really tough time.
1: So I looked for a way to do that. I think that reveals, Jamie, your compassion towards people who are going through a really difficult time. You and I both know that there are plenty of professionals in the divorce arena who aren't in it for helping someone, really. They're in it for helping themselves. So I think that that is wonderful that you genuinely care about what happens to that person. And if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of rewind a little to something you said in the beginning, which was uh, one of the people that you knew fought for the wrong things. That's a very telling and powerful statement because, you know, as anyone who goes through a divorce knows, in those first days, weeks, months, emotions are high. And um, anger is usually the pervasive emotion in charge, and um, it can be really difficult to think with a clear head.
2: Extremely difficult, and money is emotional. It just is. It's it's our security. It's what mm-hmm. makes us feel safe.
1: And so, she, he, or she was fighting for what he or she thought was good and right for that situation, and in actuality, it. it wasn't or it could have been decided better. Is that a better way to say it?
2: Absolutely. And in this particular case,
1: you know, this, this
2: person was fighting really hard to keep the marital home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And because it was a very important emotional piece,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, they couldn't imagine letting it go. Their children had been raised there. But the reality was that in two years' time, the home was going to have to be sold. Mm -hmm. And in those two years, all of the savings were, were going to be depleted to stay in a home that you would have to leave anyway.
1: For most people, Divorce is devastating emotionally and financially. We know that. Um, Absolutely. But if someone, if someone listening to this podcast was feeling completely discouraged and hopeless about their financial situation, how would you encourage that person, assuming that uh, they hadn't made any critical decisions yet?
2: Well, I would say the first thing that you need to do is you need to own your finances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to get organized. So... Typically, one person in a relationship handles the household finances. Okay. That's just how it usually works.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, You know, everybody has a role in the household, and one person typically just takes on the household finances. But even if that is you, you still need to own it. And by that, I mean make on one piece of paper all of your assets, all of your debts, and no matter how bad you think it's going to be, and it may not be as bad as you think. You can't take charge of something that you don't know. It may be upsetting or it really might be encouraging. So start watching the mail, gathering all of the statements that come and really getting yourself organized. This is also something you're going to have to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So for for the courts, you're going to have to do this. So Do it sooner and start to really, this is something that you can get your arms around and understand, and I feel like that is very empowering.
1: Yes, I I was going to say it kind of gives, it kind of provides an element of control, which when someone's going through a divorce, they feel completely out of control most of the time.
2: Yes, very true. I would also recommend working on your monthly budget, and I don't mean the budget that you think you should live within, I mean, what do you really spend every month? Go back through statements. You may spend $100 at the grocery store on Saturday, but you stop four times during the week. Add all of that together and really understand where is the money that is coming into your household, where is it going? There's power well, in knowledge.
1: Yes, definitely. And I was going to say, you know, a lot of um, people have adopted a, a cash only system which is a very good way to go but there's a a popular theory out there that you put cash in an envelope for groceries you put cash in an envelope for you know all you have many different envelopes and it's a great way of keeping yourself in check because once you start getting low on cash in the envelope you become more thrifty or you know, once you've spent it all, you've spent it all, and you can't uh, rob Peter to pay Paul kind of thing. Um, kind of, it's kind of a disciplinary thing. And I, um, at one point, used that, and I really thought it was effective, but what I started to realize was I didn't have a tracking system for individual expenditures. So the money may all have been gone in that envelope, but I had no way to know what, you know, what I have spent it on really or or how quickly I'd spent it. So I think this is where debit cards come in really handy because when you swipe the card, um, you have an electronic receipt that, you know, you can can access um, via your monthly statement. You can go online and see it right there. I think it's very helpful. Would you say that that's a helpful tool?
2: I agree, and I think especially in a situation uh, while you're going through a divorce, the knowing where your money goes is so important. So if you have transaction receipts for
1: yourself and your spouse, that makes things a lot cleaner. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I know that this you may have already um, given me a few answers already on this question, but you know, I'm just trying to put my shoes, uh, put myself in the shoes of someone who today is, you know, found out that they are getting a divorce and they know they have a limited amount of time to kind of gain control somehow. But there's a lot of panic that sets in regarding financial situations, especially if they're kids, because there's so many question marks, you know, living arrangements and, and all kinds of things. So... If you haven't listed them already, do you have any more um, important steps like a one, two, three, four, um, that a person can take in those first weeks and months of going through a divorce that will help eliminate the panic? I know we have, um, I know you said talking about uh, gaining control of the money in letting, understanding where every dollar is being spent. What else would you recommend? So the first thing I would
2: suggest is do not depend on Google. It Uh is so tempting for us to do our own research Mm -hmm. because it feels like we can take charge from our phone, which is in the palm of our hand, and we can lay in bed and we can find all the answers. That's a really good way to get bad advice. And it's a really good way to get caught in the web of other people's situations. So... I think the first thing that you need to do is you need to reach out to an attorney, or two, and talk to them about the first steps because each state has its own set of rules. And they can speak to you specifically about what those rules are and what your rights are, Mm -hmm. um, and how separation works in your state. Mm -hmm. And, And the reason why I bring that up specifically is in South Carolina, there is no formal separation, and couples are required to live apart for a year before the divorce can be finalized. So what I have seen happen is that people wait a year before they start the process.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: And there can be tremendous financial damage done in that year. I have seen 401Ks liquidated. I have seen credit cards run up some of it malicious, some of it just not knowing how to handle it. So, even though you have to wait a year for everything to be finalized, you can still have agreements put into place sooner. Mm-hmm. And that can be a tremendous savior as far as what happens to your finances during that year. That's and every right. state is different. Mhm. So you can't know, you can't know. Um, I would also like to go back to the budgeting piece and create a true budget for your children. And there are laws in every state that dictate what child support is. However, I have been able to work with couples that have agreed to pay more in child support because they didn't want to see their children's lives altered any more than it already was. Um, child support guidelines do not include things like horseback riding or going to kids' birthday parties or Halloween costumes. All of those things just really aren't factored in.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
2: feel like if you have a true budget of what the kids spend and you're able to share that before things get further down the, down the road, uh, that can make a big positive impact.
1: Okay. That's great. So the first one is, Get a lawyer, which yes. I, I agree. You know, even in situations where, uh, well, I just think it's very prudent. That's a very uh, prudent um, recommendation. And then the second one, if you had to put it in a bullet point. The
2: second one I would say is, is maybe simultaneously is doing the act of putting all of your assets and debts on a piece of paper and doing your budgets and completing your children's budgets. Mm -hmm. And especially before things start to become ugly, and I'm not saying that they always do, but at the beginning, I I find that there's more interest in, and this isn't always the case, but typically there's more interest in working together. And and if you can come to agreement sooner than later, I find that they're better for everyone.
1: Absolutely. And um, do you have any advice for someone who's finding it difficult to keep a level head? You know, they're, they're kind of driven by uh, their emotions and it's kind of clouding their ability to think sensibly. Do you have any um, advice for someone like that? Sure. And and I
2: really think that th- that's so common and even if you aren't living in that state, that state does come up. I don't know how it cannot. not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend things like going for a walk. I know that sounds um, kind of cliched, but you know, and and owning this process, owning what's going on, really looking into yourself. And I fe- I feel like that makes a big difference in the people that I've worked with. The more that they can focus on themselves, whether it's yoga or meditation or Going to a mass or going to church or or things like that, this is such a challenging time. So that that doesn't have anything to do with your finances, but it's also interwoven.
1: hmm And you know, sometimes I, I think myself when I've been faced with high adrenaline situations, it, it doesn't hurt to kind of kick into business mode. In other words, yeah treating it as business only, you know, trying to um, extract the emotional side out of it, and kind of maybe flipping that little business mode switch and and treating it as such so and then as soon as you're you're done, you can go uh, run a hundred miles or you know go do whatever it is that's going to let you blow off some steam but yeah, I think in those high emotional situations sometimes you just have to treat it as a a business transaction. You have to kind of step aside from you as someone getting divorced and kind of just be businesslike, put on your business hat.
0: As always, I'm very interested in knowing the motivational force that drives each of my guests to do what they do. And Jamie's certainly no exception. We all know divorce is ugly and messy, and I think it takes a special person to be willing to roll up their sleeves and get in the trenches with us. So, of course, I asked Jamie, and her answer might surprise you.
1: What do you enjoy most about the work you do? And I asked that primarily because, um, you know, divorce is a, a very delicate issue. It is um, a very heavy issue there's a lot of garbage that goes along with even just talking about finances, um, let alone the the personal side. So what is it that makes you get up in the morning and say, I love what I do?
2: Honestly, this is the most rewarding work I have ever done. Um, To help someone make educated decisions and help them think clearly through, without a doubt, one of the most difficult times in someone's life and to be able to make a positive impact it feels very good, and that is not to say in any way that um, I, I have I don't enjoy that the, these people are in such such a you know going through this horrible time. Sure. But I'll tell you the difference from the person that walks in to their first meeting to the person that leaves is amazing. I, I really see an, a physical difference from the start of the process
1: to the end, and. That is very rewarding. That's beautiful. I wish you had been around when I was going through my divorce because <laughs> um, it was not a beautiful scenario in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, you know, I did want to ask um, a question based on, you know, an answer that you had given previously. What uh, Do you have any, um, you know, again, advice for someone who may be reduced to nothing because their soon-to-be ex-spouse um, or ex-spouse has uh, drained the accounts, run off with the savings, locked them out of the 401k, you know, all the run up the credit cards. You know, so many people. It's so it's so sad. So many people find themselves in that situation. And if someone comes to you in, in that mode where they just have nothing, they just have the cash that they have in their wallet or their purse, what do you tell that person?
2: Sadly, you're right. People become very malicious sometimes and do very horrible things to each other. Um, but there is always hope, and there is always a way to recover. And we are, we are very... Uh, we have so much ingenuity, and there are so many ways for us to pick ourselves back up. So a lot of times we start going through what are their skills? What are the things they can do? And when you're in that panic mode, it's very, very hard to think clearly. So to have someone else that can talk through what are your abilities? Who can I introduce you to? How how does this all work? I, I really believe there's always hope. And, um,
1: that might be a little Pollyanna, but it's true. No, I think, um, you know, I think when you're in the throes of a divorce and you're trying to, uh, sort all these things out, you want someone to tell you there's hope because it doesn't look like there, there can be. Um, I, I know that was something I was starving for, uh, when I was going through this. I, I needed someone to offer me some hope and I just wasn't getting it, um, and it doesn't mean there wasn't anyone out there who could have. I just never connected with that person. But yeah, no, that's not Pollyanna at all. It's, we need to hear that. We need to hear that there's hope, that this is just one part of life. It's not always going to be this way. And as devastating as this is, uh, if we take the right steps, we will become stronger, better people, wiser people for the experience. So I think it's, you know, anyone who uh, connects with you and is able to um, work with you is definitely going to benefit greatly. I know people who already have, so I think that's wonderful. James, do you work uh, with people from any state? I do. I do, actually. And that's
2: one of the wonderful things about the society that we're in right now as far as technology. We can have a... Telephone conference, we can have a
1: um, web conference.
2: Um, I, I actually do that quite frequently, and it works very well.
1: Excellent, That's great. Well, where can listeners find out more about you and the great work that you're doing? You may visit my
2: website, which is jamieminster dot com or you may give me a call. I always offer a complimentary consultation and we can talk through whether or not I can help you or whom I can connect you with that maybe could help you if I'm not able to. Um, My phone number is 843-302-6271, and my email address is jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at jamieminster, M-I-N-S-T-E-R.com.
1: Jamie, thank you so much, again, for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that um, listeners are really going to benefit from your wisdom, and of course, um, they will be able to hear you talk and meet you at the Journey of Hope conference. So thanks again.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Thank you.
0: Well, we've come to the end of another episode, so I'd like to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for listening. And I'd like to invite you once again to do something great for yourself in 2017 and register for the Journey of Hope Conference. It's going to be an amazing event and it's a wonderful opportunity to find healing and the support you need. Just go to journeyofhopeconference.com for more details or to register. I look forward to seeing you there.